Hello, welcome <clears throat> back to Friday Live. We've got Matt and Tim's back in the house today. Sort of. Um, sort of. What does that <clears throat> mean? It's been a dastardly couple of weeks. All right. Well, um, we got an interesting topic to talk about today. I don't know how it's going to go. We're well, just it's more of a continuation of a... Everything we do is a continuation of something. Um, but before we get started, I want to touch. This is, I guess, technically, this is our first episode of season three. Oh wow! This is season three. I never three. Even thought about that. Yeah, uh, I think this is technically like our. I think I'm, as far as the numbers go, it's like our sixty-first episode. <laughs> but uh, there was actually quite a few more before I started counting yeah, yeah. them. So, but this is season three, and so welcome to season three of the podcast. I kind of am surprised it's been that long. We've had that many. Yeah. We still don't have anything to say, but we're glad you're here. <laughs> um, but uh, I did want to say that, and to see if, are we on, are we live? Yeah, there we are. Um, it's going to be, Tim, it's going to be a busy year. It's already starting out, and I wanted to, at the, usually we do this at the bottom end of the show, but I want to do it at the top end of the show because we got a lot of stuff going on that I want to make sure people know about. Um, February the 18th. We'll be doing our Orthotomeo class, our How to Study the Bible class here at the Bridge Fellowship in Martins Mill. Um, we've, we'll put, I've been putting out some links on Facebook. I'll put one in the comments for a registration. Um, it's the cruciblesfire.org forward slash registration. We just need to know how many are coming. It's open to everybody. You don't have to be in church leadership. Um, you can be just anybody. Um, and I would even encourage you to bring your teenagers to this. Um, my show producer brought me a Dr. Pepper. He's great. Um, I would encourage you to bring your teenagers to it. Our, my two teenage boys have gone through the, the training, and it was easy enough for them to follow. Um, but we do need you to register for that. We've got um, Tim and I will be also setting up a vendor booth <laughs> at the Horsegate Pastors Conference at Crossbrand Church in Lindale. That's on February the 20, I think it's the 24th and 5th, it may be the 23rd and 4th, the Friday, Saturday. Um, and then I'm going to be February the 12th, I'll be preaching at Church Under a Bridge. I think Tim might be doing some filling in during March over there, doing some pulpit supply. Um, we're working with uh, Pastor James Martinez. He's trying to put together a pastor's conference down in the Valley, down in Brownsville, potentially in April. Um I'm going to be going to uh, uh, our Tres Dias weekend, and that's in the end of March. I mean, and we are working with another local uh, missionary by the name of Antonio Torres. We are working to uh, to bring him on as what I, I'm calling an ambassador. He's going to be taking our training down into down into Central Mexico. Um, we've also just this week actually been put in contact with some people in the Netherlands that have a Bible study app that has everything. It checks all my boxes, Tim, for the Spanish-speaking stuff and uh, with complete offline stuff. We just got a lot going on. Um, we got a real busy first half of the year. Not exactly sure. And that doesn't even touch the fact that we're, we're trying to put together a Kingdom Vision conference for the first part of June, um, yeah. and so which we'll be doing locally, be a three-day conference. And so you'll be hearing more about that very soon. But there's a lot going on. If you're out there watching, um, please make comments. <clears throat> let us know you're out there. Um, I don't know if anybody's actually online today or not. But uh, uh, if you are, let us know you're out there. So 
that's all that's going on. It's a lot. It's a lot. How you been doing? Well, aside from being sick, I've been peachy. You've been sick because you didn't. Yeah. Ah. Hey, that is unacceptable. Yeah. Normally, I get it shut off. I had a stupid attack. Sorry. You know, Tim, that you've only been sick because you hadn't had enough faith, right? <clears throat> well, I'm sure that's part of it. And that's what some people would. I'll do. wear it. <laughs> well. What we want to talk about today, if you follow along with us and you've got a Bible there, I want you to go to 1 Corinthians 14 if you want to start there. I touched on this. Was it last week that I started talking about this a little bit, about God being a God of order? Well, I think we started the God of order thing a couple of weeks ago, but... Uh, I lose track. Uh, last week I was out. Such a smooth podcast last week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Matt thinks he's funny. Well... But here's the here's the deal, and I, I was talking with some people about this at church on Sunday, that, and if you listen to Tim and I's ramblings, everything that we talk about comes down to how seeing the things in the world properly, but make, really seeing how God deals with things, people, and situations, and how He yeah. responds to to learn His character. And in the end, we always wind up putting the onus on, well, it's not about the method to do it. It's about you dealing with God himself, which seems completely abstract if you're not walking with him. Uh, that I can find all these answers elsewhere and except right here. Well, and the way that that manifests <clears throat> itself, Tim, is we that's that's where we get these these situations where I can I can't fellowship with people who are different denomination or oh, who have yeah. different worship practices or in a different culture that and, and that's that's how we get division in the church is because <laughs> because and, and that's what we're really wanting to talk about is first Corinthians 14 33 is where that phrase God is a God of order comes from yeah however that's not what the text actually says the text actually says he's not a God of disorder, but yeah. he is a God of peace. Peace. And the Greek word there that's translated as peace is a reine. And Tim was, was discovering and studying that that's the same root word as the one used. Was it Matthew 5? Matthew 5, where he talks about blessed are the peacemakers. Uh, peacemakers, one word in Greek. I can't remember what it is, but the root word, the front part of that word is the exact same Irene. word. And so... You know, blessed are the peacemakers. What does that mean? That doesn't just mean that you can make people get along. Yeah, it's not talking about peace as we, had, right off the bat, we're thinking no conflict. Right. That's not what it is. And most people that study the Beatitudes, that's in part of it. They they understand and they speak the thing, well, this is God's peace that they're talking about in there. And what we're, well... So when we talk about God, uh, we're not coming out on a rail saying all these people are doing things wrong and figuring mm -hmm. out what God's order is. We're actually bringing it to a function to really question, yeah. okay, what is God's order and what is it not? And it seems arbitrary, so we'll try to bring out some specific things that may may point out the fact that maybe you're going through a, a mess. Well, because here's what happens. Because, and I was explaining this earlier, <clears throat> In the old King James, it actually is translated, God is not a God of disorder, but of order. Right. But that's really one of the only translations that actually uses that word. The rest of them, ESV, New American Standard, 
use the word peace. peace. He's not a God of disorder. He is a God of peace. Even in Matthew 5, blessed are, I, could, I, could, I think you could explain it like this if you were going to exposit that verse. Blessed are those who bring the peace of God to the world, to situations. Yeah. It doesn't necessarily mean everything's working out okay, as it were, and I apply air quotes liberally. The problem is, is because we come to the table with this idea historically. God is a God of order. And I'm not saying God's a God of chaos. It says very plainly, he's not a God of disorder. So the opposite of that is that there's some sort of definition to that, to, of order to that. But the problem is, is because is now when we say God's a God of order, what happens is, is we start defining what his order is supposed to look like in our mind. So let's give a big picture here before we hold that. Okay. I'll so it sounds like it sounds like we're coming in First Corinthians fourteen thirty three, and we're parking and trying to expound on what this little piece says. Everything that we think and talk about is usually from a contextual point of view through scriptural history. So, and we've talked about some of this before. So, uh, we look in Psalm fifty, and it says that where God is, it's, it's a tempestuous environment and fire devours before him. Yeah. And automatically people, if you were in the Christian world, you think, okay, well that's the sinners that deal with that, not us. That's not what it says. Nothing yeah. remotely say that. And then we look, uh, in, uh, uh, Hebrews 12 and it quotes an old Testament passage in Haggai, Haggai that, and at some point, God is going to shake all the things that we think are reality and any things that are not kingdomly are going to be gone. And the only thing left is the kingdom. The eternal stuff. And that's written in a historical or a, or a futuristic sense. Uh, so hold on to that. And then we start looking at things that are transpiring in the scripture. So we see all kinds of things in the Old Testament where the that we would give credibility to the to the people, you know, Job or the prophets or whoever, but we see them going through these hugely tumultuous events. Yeah. Uh, and then in the New Testament, we see a great one is John the Baptist. Uh, because, I mean, the second he starts up, man, there's confusion and disorder going on everywhere in the church, so to speak, and the people. And then we get to see an event where he's got disciples that are confused because Jesus is taken off and doing the ministry and John didn't doing it anymore. And he's, I don't know, I see John as kind of a grouchy old confrontive <laughs> individual. It may be not what he's like, but, uh, and his disciples are going, Hey, 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 what's going on here? And he turns around, looks him dead in the eye and says, I have never told you to follow me. I've told you that's the guy that's coming and you right. need to go deal with that. And so their world has just been tossed way up in the air. And we think that God doesn't work like that. But scriptural history would prove you different. Well, Jesus did it to the Pharisees. David did it on the back when he was traveling with his his band of, of mighty men when they ate the showbread. Um, More than that. Well, I mean, they it, come in from a successful battle and he strips his clothes off in front of everybody and starts dancing. <laughs> yeah. That's not Christian work. Well, and, 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 and I'm not telling you to go do these things. I'm not even advocating that, okay, well, I need to go find confusion to make that I'm working at God. It's not no, what we're talking about. I think, but the point is, is that <laughs> oftentimes, according to scriptural history and scriptural story, God does things. Things occur around the movement of God. 
that by our human definition look disorderly and confusing and confusing and chaotic and it rubs against our sensibilities and it and it and it it because we come to the table with presuppositions and ideas of what following the lord is supposed to look like and what he just said is what the word sensibilities means yeah it's it's the idea that we bring to the table of what everything's supposed to look like for example i had an idea at 18 what married life was supposed to look like, what I thought it was going to be. Well, it took me about six months to figure out that I didn't have the foggiest idea what being married really looked like. And I can do a thousand different examples of that. But we have our own ideas, and I'll use the word that we've been talking about. We have our own ideas of what order looks like in the kingdom. Yeah. And in specifically in 1 Corinthians 14, the context of that statement is in worship or in the, might I even make that a little broader in saying in how we live out our faith. So we've got these ideas of what order looks like, humanly defined ideas of order. And then we see this in the scripture and we well, we really don't see it in the scripture. We have been hearing our whole lives that God is a God of order. So we read that into everything we see. And exactly. Yeah. And so anytime anything around the movement of God feels tempestuous or like fires devouring, we immediately have to push back on it. And I see this so much in the American church that we live in because our sensibilities are getting jacked up or getting rubbed. And so then we have to start putting our definition of order on it. What does that look like? Well, that looks like we're scared to death for somebody to hold a Bible study at their work because they might teach something crazy, you know? Yeah. Or we, we can't have anybody pull out a tambourine for heaven help us at the worship service because it doesn't fit into what we see as orderly. Or, you know, what if somebody stands up in the back during worship and maybe dances a little bit, you know? Oh, my stars. Oh, what if somebody brings an, e, an Amer, uh, uh, English Standard Version Bible into a King James only church or a lady wears pants? You could go on and on and on because our ideas of order rub against, or anything outside of our ideas of order rub against our sensibilities. Well, and we spend a lot of time trying to make sure our order is correct. Yes. I mean, you can look at church services. I've been in every kind of church service you can imagine, denomination-wise. <clears throat> and so, you know, the really the far end, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? The, 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 the service has to be, you know, just it's this way or nothing. Like high church, litur- liturgical. Yeah, and that's what I'm talking about. So you go to a real Catholic church. Catholic churches in America aren't real Catholic churches, and I'm talking about in terms of how they're how how dictatorial. <laughs> I'm pretty sure are. that there's some Catholics in America. That <clears throat> well, no, and I, I I agree, but you go to the old world Catholicism, and that's the way it is. And I'm talking about how you actually talk to God, because they tell you you can't do it. It's not on you. That's what we're here for. You got to come deal with us to deal with that. <clears throat> and then you, everybody else is kind of in between. You've got the the other end, far end of the call it the. Uh, Man, my brain's not working today. Uh, like the seeker type in? Oh, no, no, no. What That's an in-between about? one. I'm talking about the super charismatic church. Oh, okay. okay. Not talking about all charismatic the happy churches. Clappies. 
I'm talking about the ones that are violently flopping in the floor and oh, like the people and, up in the up in the uh, up in the Washita Mountains and stuff that are drinking snake venom and yeah, biting on snakes stuff. and yeah. all that kind of stuff. So those are like call those the two. We're really not trying to offend people. We're yeah, just seeing some weird stuff. <laughs> but those are the those are the. Maybe. And I'm not saying the Catholics do that. I'm talking about that liturgical of a function. And then the ones on the loose ends that, you know... They have no liturgical function. Whatever comes in your head is, oh, man, the Spirit's doing it. Uh, it might be the Spirit, but it might not be a capitalist. like nothing, nothing is okay versus everything is okay. <laughs> yeah. So all the rest of them are kind of in between that. But we spend a huge amount of time, almost, I think, well, we're trying to do it, but we're trying to do what's right. So I'm not saying everybody does this as evil and trying to bring about their way of doing it. But what speaks to us, what seems to work better, nothing wrong with looking at it like that. But like we did talk about, you can start making that, this is how we're going to do it, and it stops your growth. So if I'm talking to church leaders, whatever that title is, you'll, you, you can get to a place to where uh, we have to do it like this. You stopped looking in the face of God in your own growth that can help you start trying to fight outside and bring in what the kingdom really is. Matt and I have both sat uh, in a Baptist church where we had people slam the Bible down on the table and say, I don't give an explicative what that book says. That's not how we do it. So that's somebody who has... They've defined what the order They've is. They've defined the kingdom. It has to be like this, and it's not going to be anything right. else. Right. <clears throat> and they've begun to worship their definition of order and not the God of order. Yeah, that so that's a worst-case kind of scenario, but you can be yeah. kind of in between those things. Um, go ahead. <clears throat> what is Rebecca saying? She says, my husband and I were just talking about this yesterday and found 15 verses against how Catholics do things, praying to dead saints instead of praying to God. Well. And, and Rebecca, I'll, I'll 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 use that as an example. It's real easy to to take even those verses and that idea, and then jump into well, we want to make sure we don't make that error. Yeah, and don't prove that they're wrong for the sake of proving that they're wrong. The question needs to be, Lord, what's going on here? Right. Well, and, and I'll, <laughs> I'll flip that to the other to the other yeah. side of the same thing. Is there's a there are some movements out there right now and, and it's kind of popular and I don't mind talking about it. I'm not making a stance on it. I just it's called uh, what do they call it? Uh, grave soaking. Where, I never heard that one. You never heard that one? No. no. And, and it's and it's it's and I, I think what's his name uh, with Bethel Church has has been accused of it. They've been they've said no, we don't do that. Some people say and it's it's kind of this big controversial thing. But it, the idea is someone that has passed is dead. And you go lay over their grave and can absorb the anointing of the spirit that they had into yourself. It is this weird, creepy thing. Hmm. And um, I've heard sermons taught against it. Um, I grew up in a in a culture where, you know, I heard sermon after sermon after sermon, lots of energy spent into why modern translations were bad or why modern music was bad. And, and, and they're just different. I would say those are just different flavors of even praying to dead people and those sorts of things. And I could give verses about all of the things we're talking about. Yeah. But looking back on that, much more traction could be made instead of spending all the time to make sure that we prove everybody else wrong. 
why why the why the churches of Christ were wrong for not having a piano. We I mean I mean we had one guy that just spent an inordinate amount of time talking about yeah, but we wouldn't even call them Church of Christ. Call them our Campbellite brethren. And I'm like, really, dude? This is you know, we're not. Come on. But he it was a really big deal to him. Yeah. But what he didn't do was look into the face of God and see what it is that God's doing. Because I've been into some churches of Christ before where the Spirit was moving incredibly thick. Oh, yeah. No instruments, whatever. And I would even disagree with their stance. And I think I could biblically support. Now what you're doing is what you believe is not biblically accurate. Okay? It's okay to have a piano and uh, or whatever. But at the same time, the Spirit was there. And, and so I've got to reconcile that. And we spend so much time not only defining and and forcing others into our definition of order, but because of 1 Corinthians 14.33, and I believe a misinterpretation and application of it historically in the church, we then say that obviously God is behind my order because God is a God of order. The problem comes in is when we think that we get to be the ones that define what God's order is. Yeah, that starts getting sticky. I would tell you, this may get us in trouble. It's going to get Tim. Tim is speaking. Tim is, no, I'm just kidding. Go ahead. No, you're you're saying it right. So I'm, I'm wearing <laughs> this myself. Matt's not wearing it. Well, if I choose to wear it, I can. Go ahead. There is a sign when you're growing in the Lord. Not everybody. But a large number of people that I've run into, including myself, as I'm starting to read the scriptures and learn things about the kingdom, whether it's from church or things I just discover on my own, I found out a lot of times I was wrong. But man, I was out there telling you how it yeah. was, right? And uh, that doesn't scare God, not in any manner does it. He'll, he'll trip you up and ring you out in a good way because you're wanting to pursue him, right? Right. And uh, and we've talked about this before, so you need to keep this in context. Uh, but the people that just really just keep railing on one thing or another, how a church is this and that and the other, but not your church. You're not like that. You're not doing any of that kind of stuff. That's somebody who has grown to a certain place and stopped. Right. And when you get to that, that's the one where you get to the one where you throw the scripture on the table and say, I don't care what that thing says. This is how I'm going to see it or do it. Well, and I use this as an example, and I actually told him this this weekend, this past weekend. Um, my dad is 73, I think. I don't know how old my dad is. He's 73, I think. And um, he's been in the independent fundamental Baptist movement, I mean, probably 60 years of that 70 whatever and that's where i came out of as well and historically that particular group of people in the old they call it the old paths the old time way or whatever you know um spend a lot of time making sure we understood how wrong everybody was and how right we were um but i can't tell you how much of a blessing it was several years ago to hear my dad a veteran pastor minister deacon he's done it all say to me i don't know what we've been doing for the last 50 years but it's not the church well that <laughs> and 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 to watch him though go into the scriptures with his convictions 
and 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 intentionally challenge them through the word yeah because his pursuit of the lord and he still holds a lot of those convictions but he doesn't necessarily hold me to them and and count me not as a brother because they're his convictions and he will stop short of saying thus saith the word of the lord on a lot of things even though it's his conviction in practice that's the other side of what i was i meant to finish with when i was saying all that i've been in so many different denominational places and churches and stuff mostly in my missionary travels and even those things rack my brain i've been in charismatic bab or uh, uh catholic churches i've been in charismatic interesting mennonite services uh and so <clears throat> what i learned in all that was through all of that was not looking at them and judging how they're supposed to be doing church or how they might see church. I started finding there was a lot of people in there. They were serious kingdom people. And that's what I began to see. And I quit worrying about how it is or what it is. I didn't even sit down and say, you know what, you probably need to re-guess what your pastor and them are saying. All that went out the window because these people were pursuing the Lord. And maybe they're in a wrong environment. But still, the most of them, that's where they were, that's where they were at, and they were pursuing the Lord. All that other stuff will shake out over time if what the Lord says, that he's going to shake the things that are, yeah. that are not the kingdom. Well, and we think that happens on a daily walk. And I guess for me, the thing that kind of lit me up a little bit on this topic, and I don't mean like made me angry or got me, yeah, I, yeah. I mean, just really brought it to my attention, is the fact that we have such rigid ideas of how even the gospel is supposed to work. Um, you know, it's, and it's this age old thing and we, we would never probably say it with our mouths, but we do it in practice, which is, I don't think the average per, let me rephrase, there are people who believe that the average church member is either not capable or not responsible for leading people to the Lord, even their own family. So well, what do you mean, Matt? Let me give yeah. you an example. How many times have you been in a church and you've heard people say, and I, and this is a good thing. And I think the premise of it is right, but really break apart what's happening is you need to get your children in church. Why? So they can be saved. Well, what we've just done in that is done a couple of things simultaneously. We've said, parent, it's not your responsibility to share the gospel with them. It's the church's responsibility. And you're actually not capable of doing it right. So you need to get them in here to talk to us at the church so we can make sure they get it right. And and that is a very Catholic way of looking at things. And I and I know that's gonna get me in trouble. But, <laughs> He's right. <laughs> but but I'm telling you, our and, and we would never say it out loud. And some of that's done with genuine heart, it but is. that doesn't mean it's not wrong. Well, and and so how would you do it different, Matt? Here's what I would love to hear. Hey, when your children start asking questions about the faith, if you're lost, instead of you bring them to me and let us do it, how about you and I have coffee on Thursday and let's talk to you and let's equip you to deal with see what, if we can work through that. see if we can work through things and let you struggle with it instead of push you out and you come bring them to me, the priest or the priestly function of the church. That's and the reason it's like that is because we have a presupposed order. Yeah. of how the thing is supposed to work and then we reinforce that with this idea well because god is a god of order he will always be behind whatever i define the order to be 
Does that make sense? Yeah. And so the other thing we're talking about here is, is not always trying to figure out the order of God. It's really about human nature. So everything he just said, let me tell you what some humans would do when they heard that. Got real wide-eyed, and they're going, so my children are never going to hear about the things of the kingdom because Matt's going to make me have to bring them to them. <laughs> and so they don't, you know, you start shunning Matt. <laughs> now, I'm really well, I, if that's true that your children will never hear about the gospel because it's your responsibility to do it and you're not going to do it, shame on you. Well, that's bringing me to my <laughs> I'm point. Sorry. Okay. The kingdom's very specific about a lot of things and the Lord gives lots of latitude and that's what we're always looking for. I want to make sure I got this latitude. All that means is you're looking for latitude so that you don't get caught. <laughs> that is worshiping what you want. That's the basis of this whole thing. And so what that means is, and we're putting it and couch it in terms of what God's order really looks like. If you can't ever figure out where that peace is, like it talks about in 1 Corinthians 14, that means you want what you want. That falls into a lot of things that we've talked about in the past. And in the end, that's a place where the Lord has got you and he's waiting for you to decide which way you want to go. You may not know how to go over there. That's a whole different thing. God's not even worried about that. He wants you to look up and say, I want your way no matter what, even if it makes me look wrong, bad, and different, messed up, whatever that is. And he'll begin to lead that. But other than that, if you're stuck in this polarized, I have to be this, or you got to be that, or I'm not going to do this, or I'm not, I can't do that. I'm not, you know, God hadn't wired me to do that. No, that just means you'd rather have what you want instead of trying to pursue what the Lord's doing. Well, He's talking about mentoring you up to a place where you can do that and be willing to do it. Well, but we, we betray ourselves <clears throat> in little things. And, yeah, and we're messed up. For instance, you know, you go into a church service now, a modern church service, in five minutes, oh, Sean's back there behind the cameras, and he's our IT guy, and he would probably die. But five minutes before church starts, you're about to go live on live stream, and power goes out. We got nothing. You don't even have a light bulb. And there are, I, I have been in two instances where they just didn't have church. They yeah, didn't have no, everybody they home. turned it all off. I've been in other situations where it was like, hey, everybody grab a chair. Let's go outside. It's too hot to stay in here. Let's go catch a breeze under the tree, and you have church anyway. And it's real easy then to go, well, one's more spiritual than the other. And I'm not saying Yeah, that. not that. That's just focused on but where you're at. A, but it is an example of, and I don't think it's intentional. I don't even think that we're aware of it a lot of the times. That we have ideas of what everything's supposed to look like. Yeah. And when it doesn't look like that, we may not even know that we have that expectation. Yeah. But we know when something doesn't fit because we get all our sensibilities get all shook and we get all weird about it. Yeah. And oh, they put the offering before the third song. You know, that's what it looks like. You know, or whatever. Or uh, fill in the blank. You know, I went into church one time and instead of doing songs and worship, I mean, in word, I started out with my sermon. I didn't tell anybody. We just did it. Now I did that several times, and I will say this: it didn't flow as well in terms of just some. I don't know. It is, and I think it was just because nobody was used to it, and yeah. we didn't do it very long. But it wasn't a huge deal either. 
Yeah. You know, uh, we had a and guy. And just because you're getting wrapped up over what's happening doesn't mean that everybody, that right. God has wrapped up everybody else in that function. And that so, might be, but not necessarily. Well, and, and I guess my whole thing <clears throat> to, to land the, the plane is simply this, is don't use God as a God of order as an excuse to think that we can define what God's order is. Now, yeah. there are things in the scriptures, and I'm not talking about, I'm talking about those gray area things that don't, they're not center of the chessboard thing. Now, there are things that, that God tells us in scripture we should and should not do. I'm not saying discard them. I'm not saying that at all. I'm saying that sometimes God makes donkeys talk. And, yeah. and it may jack up your sensibilities. I'm saying that sometimes... And sometimes he makes the sun stay out longer than what it does. And you know, I, and I've seen in a real practical sense, I've seen little kids who were not quite of age yet. I mean, like, I don't know that they'd been through the prayer, they hadn't been baptized yet, have more spiritual discernment than the adults around them. Yeah. And, and have sensitivities to spiritual warfare and to compassion for people who are hurting. And I'm like that, and it was, the Holy Spirit was moved. And this is a little kid, I've seen that. Um, and it didn't fit into a box. Yeah. I've, we've been into different countries where we have a church service out in the middle of a field. And there's, it's just people standing around. <clears throat> I give a testimony <laughs> and like 60 people get saved. Yeah. You know, and, and, and it's not like they said a prayer and filled out a card kind of deal. It was like weeping, turn over my life kind of, and some of those wound up actually staying in ministry and doing, you know, doing things in the kingdom. So, but it didn't look like anything. And it's real easy for me to come in and say, well, that was chaotic. There was no order to that you know, or whatever, and so it wasn't of God. And I think that's my admonition, Tim, is is that just because the movement of the Lord doesn't look like what we think it should, don't immediately dismiss it. Yeah, and as leadership, you get in, in a formal worship, let's, let's, let's do that. In a formal worship, if something kind of goes, seems to go weird, you know, you, you wear that personally in a in a in a responsibility in a responsibility sort of, sort of way. So I mean that in a good way. But if you're really working and pursuing the Lord personally, you'll be able to start discerning some of that stuff. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And even if something is going wonky, you got to remember the Lord encapsulates everything, even Satan. Yeah. So. He's going to help you figure out what to do and where to work through those kinds of things. And don't, just because you get rattled, just hold on a minute. Say, ooh. Well, and the role of the shepherd <clears throat> is not just to make sure everybody gets into the shepherd's design, the under-shepherd's idea of order. It's not conformity. The shepherd's job is to push people towards Christ, to push each other into the face of the Lord. And, you know, we were, when we were talking about this, and I'll, I'll wrap up with this, one of the things that got me thinking along these lines was some of the places we've tried to get into to do our Bible study training. There's been some pushback. Um, and some of the pushback is, well, I don't know who you are. Okay, I get that. I don't, I don't trust, I don't know you enough to yeah. trust you to come in. And to, 
you know what? I get that. That that actually makes sense to me. Um, but then there's been this other kind of flavor of that no one would ever say out loud. But really what's happening is there's a fear. Yeah. That if my people grow in knowledge above what I have, then I can no longer be their shepherd. Can't lead them. Can't lead or don't them. Think you can. And one of my old mentors used to tell me, "There's nothing more exciting than watching one of your students, one of your mentees, pass you. To pass you. And yeah. All you can see is their tail lights. <laughs> and you know, I, who you know, who led Billy Graham to the Lord? Where's that person going to be? Mm. You know, I think of Andrew in the scriptures that brought Peter. Yeah. You know, I mean. And it's it, not only is it okay, when Jesus said, go and make, as you go, make disciples. And that's what we do here. Not just at the ministry, but I mean, that's what Christians are here for, to go and to teach people how to follow Jesus. Yeah. And you can't do that unless you're willing to push <clears throat> people to him. And that's why we do what we do with this Bible study training is, I would love to be in a group of people that were all pursuing God, even at different maturity levels, but actively pursuing the face of God versus being in the same number of people as it were, all pursuing God, a, a man-made order of how things are, they think things are supposed to look. One is dead, one is spirit-filled and full of life. Yeah. And if you want to be spirit-filled and full of life, you got to keep pursuing God and don't be afraid of the people under you surpassing you. Let them go. Give them a platform. Send them out, you know, and then yeah. sit back and, and ride the wave, as it were. Let God do what God's doing. Um, don't forget to like the podcast. Like it. Share it. Share it. That helps us. Um, and don't forget, February the 18th, we do have a Bible study training at the Bridge Fellowship. It starts at 8 o'clock. goes to 1. We provide lunch. There's going to be door prizes and giveaways. It's going to be a fun time. So, um, it's at thecruciblesfire.org forward slash registration. If you would like to come to that, we'll save you a seat. Seating is limited. It's going to be a good time, and uh, and you won't want to miss it. Bring your teenagers. And I want to make a quick appeal. I don't know if anybody ever will hear this at this end of the time of the podcast. If you're hearing this and you'd like for us to come into your church and do a Bible study training, a how to study the Bible training workshop, um, share this with your pastor. Have your pastor contact us at info at thecruciblesfire.org. Um, we've got videos we can share of how the, the course looks. We would love for your pastor or an elder or a leader from your church to come to sit in on February the 18th with us and go through the course with us. They can see what we do before you know, they do it, uh, before we come out. And, but we would love to come and to train your body, your leaders or whatever. And we went to Crossbrand and did it, and they had 108 people show up on a Wednesday night uh, for four, five consecutive Wednesday nights to do this, this workshop. It was great. It was, a, it was a really awesome thing. Got a lot of people trained up, digging deeper in God's word. Anything else, Tim? No. All righty. Guys, we appreciate it. We love you guys. Y'all have a great weekend. Um, go visit. If you're not a member of a church somewhere, find some place to go. Be with a local body of believers this week somewhere and encourage them. And uh, go pray for a pastor this, this weekend. Uh, he's, gonna, he's got a big job this weekend to stand up and open God's word. So pray for him, and y'all go fellowship with each other. See you later.